What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and this is another episode of the Facts Project. Today, man, we're at episode four. Episode four, what if? All right, so this was this was an entire Doctor Strange episode. And there's a lot of correlation. There's no genuine parts of uh, his story that will not seem unfamiliar because a lot of it does. But it's pretty much uh, the utilization of what if Dr. Strange lost his heart rather than his hands. So the more that we look at this, this, uh, this hypothesis that basically they, they've gone through in creating this storyline, it's revolving around the fact that within this own parallel universe, Dr. Strange does not have a platonic relationship with uh, Christine, his better half, or in the movie, it was his ex-girlfriend and they pretty much had this platonic relationship. But in, in this parallel universe, they are still together and they are going off to uh, one of Dr. Strange's many uh, speaking engagements, which in the movie, they bored the shit out of Christine. But she was all for it. She was pretty much pumping him up, getting his self-esteem a little bit of a boost. And we get to this infamous car ride that we all, all know so well from Dr. Strange, pretty much uh, him driving in the Ferrari, passing the uh, passing the tractor trailer, the freight truck on the left-hand side. He gets distracted, texting and driving like his dumb ass was doing, and clips it falling off of the cliff. Now, the only difference is that Christine is in the car, and after passing the freight truck, he shifts back behind it because he realizes that there's another car coming. But what he did not get to see was genuinely another car coming from behind at a faster speed that was pretty much going to ram them and send them careening off of this cliff anyway, leading to Christine's death. And in the midst of this, you know, it's not necessarily... um, him uh, going through surgery, scars all on his hands, trembling from time to time, uh, running into, I believe, if we remember from that series, it was um, Jonathan Pogdar, which was the Benjamin Bratt character that he found to have, um, he was a paraplegic, and then all of a sudden, come to find out that this man was living a normal life. Matter of fact, he found him playing basketball. He was, he was doing things that were of not of, not of the feats of somebody who was a paraplegic at one point in time, having a heavily contested game of basketball with other people rather than just shooting by the, by himself. And this pretty much sent him on that journey. If any, if anybody pretty much remembers it was to um let me let me look this up real quick i think it was karma jar if i'm corrected one second yep 
Carmertage. So he went there to, I guess, the uh, like Nepal, Himalayan Nepal, in order to get his hands back to work. So in in this scene, that is pretty much like almost like a contrast of maybe around 30 minutes within the movie. The montage of him studying the mystic arts leads him it like you don't even realize like there is no trip of him going to Nepal, you know, in order to seek this knowledge. It's pretty much it happens instantly. So it's like. He has to figure out a way to bring her back. And this is his journey in studying the mystic arts. And surprisingly enough, throughout this entire episode, Ancient One is featured. Wong, of course, his humble assistant, plays like parts here and there. The biggest omission in this entire series was none other than the and I call him he was an anti-hero antagonist throughout this whole throughout the entire movie was Baron Mordo. So there was no variant branch timeline where he even existed. So if this was a branch timeline of that entire Doctor Strange storyline, why not incorporate Baron Mordo? Maybe Baron Mordo because, you know, beings how the Sorcerer Supreme or anybody that's studied under the Ancient One knows the balance of the sacred timeline, uh, understands the different dimensions in which they carry. Maybe he will not allow himself to become a part of this timeline. Maybe he's just subtracted himself purposely. And it also leads me to believe that when, uh, you know, theory-wise within Doctor Strange Multiverse of the Madness, when those type of movies come out, you know, the biggest omission that we that we are going to see, we all have had the opportunity this year to go through um, storylines of some of the characters that we're going to see in Multiverse of the Madness, where we've seen Kang, where we've seen Wanda, go through what she's been through, her Nexus event, that that uh, almost post credit scene at the end of WandaVision where she's reading the Darkhold, which is the mystical book um, that, that, she, that, that Agatha and her were basically fighting over. And yet, you know, the one, the one person that, that we kind of sense from the first Doctor Strange movie that would play the biggest part because of the post credit scene that he was in. Because he said those three fatal words that ultimately you almost feel like there was an impending return. And it was the fact that he felt throughout all this shit of us teaching Stephen Strange how to do exactly what he needed to do in learning the mystic arts, the things that, that, that Wanda had garnered her powers from an infinity stone and is now the Scarlet Witch. Baron Mordo has pretty much put himself into perspective and has said, I've been living in Camertage probably for centuries because um, people within the mystic arts have the ability to freeze their age and they can go through centuries of time doing exactly what they need to do. And he felt like 
with the protection of the realm of Earth. And all these motherfuckers doing reckless shit consistently and constantly. I mean, goddamn, we're going to go through it again with Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We're going to see it again in No Way Home, Spider-Man. You know, like basically you might as well call that another branch of a Doctor Strange storyline because it's his fuck up. And don't don't put it past me. I know everybody's out there saying, well, it might not be Doctor Strange. It might be Mephisto or anything like that. Look, if you have have not had the chance to read uh, Doctor Strange comics from the 80s and the 90s, you will come to find out that the man. Written in comics is extremely arrogant, pompous ass, you know. All the time, it's, you know, it's just like be, because he is of high regard to what he can do. He feels as though nobody can tell him what to do. So in those type of aspects, you have to look at it and be like, OK, Baron Mordo was actually absolutely correct in what he said. You know, the bill all the bill comes due always. You know, you got to reap what you sow. All this shit that you did, you were not supposed to manipulate time. You were not supposed to utilize the eye of Agamotto in a way that you bargained with Dora Mama. But yet we heard in this episode, if you remember, uh, the young gentleman in the library, um, the library told him that mystic creatures are um creatures of mystic arts don't bargain you have to take what you want from them so this comes into play to think that okay he came to bargain he had to trick dora mamu but was was it inevitably stephen strange's trick that pretty much sent Doramamu away or was it all a plot by Doramamu himself you know you got to realize that Doramamu is an ancient being and for him to get tricked by somebody that is a novice like Stephen Strange in the, in that movie he's he's a novice you know and the reason I say that is because you know if you look at the the timeline like he didn't go learn the mystic arts and he was there for like hundreds of years and like family members and people that he knew had died like christine there was the scene where they're back in new york he sees christine and she it's like it looks like it was like a year later so he's he's still a beginner at doing exactly what he's doing but back to the show you know uh, upon the death of christine he feels as though um, with the eye of Agamotto and perpetuating within this timeline, her death, he has to try and find ways to fix it. So he's sitting there tinkering with uh, the eye of Agamotto and Wong walks up and is pretty much having that genuine talk with him. Sees him playing with it. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to go cook, some, uh, cook up some tea real quick. I'm going to get the kettle brewing before your ass do something reckless. And ultimately he does anyway, because we get this 
evil, evil play of Groundhog Day going on in each of these timelines. He keeps going back, back in time, going back in time, going back in time, going back in time, going back in time. And Christine is dying different deaths. He tries different ways to impede the scenario. He chooses the opportunity to uh, to drive a little slower, to maybe just cut to the left a little bit in the in the car. Car still gets flipped. He tries not to even pick her up um, from the hotel in order to take her to the speaking engagement. It ultimately leads to the hotel in which he's staying in burns the fuck up. He even the fi- I think the final rule of play was that he let her drive, and while she's driving, the car gets hit. She dies. Shit, they even get to the dance. And it looks like she either choked on something or she's having a heart attack. Regardless of the fact, she, as they were told, um, because the ancient one pretty much tells him, is that she is an absolute point, an absolute point in the branch timeline, which means it's a fixture and it has to stay. You can't change it. If you change Christine not dying, Dormammu in that timeline takes over the realm of Earth with no problem whatsoever. Because, you know, Stephen Strange does not confront Dormammu, uh, chooses to put him in a loop of time, which then allows Dormammu to be like, I'm not going to be stuck here, I'm out. And then he rolls off. It pretty much sets in stone that if you save Christine's life, we are fucked. But he does not listen. So much so that when he's confronted by the ancient one, the ancient one just pretty much says, well, you know, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to have to take, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to fight you for it. And Stephen Strange was like, well, you're just going to have to catch me. But what happened was the ancient one's way smarter than this. What she did was that she split his reality in two. So Sometimes, I guess, if you look at it within the Marvel Universe, you're able to split two parallel universes within the same timeline. So they come to find out each other, find out about each other. So there's now two Doctor Stranges, one that's basically in a long lost library uh, trying to figure out um, ways within mystical creatures in order to bring Christine back and the other one that just happens to be the Doctor Strange that we all know um, within his timeline, just doing exactly what he needs to do. But within what 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 the Doctor Strange in the library is doing is basically conjuring up mystical creatures and absorbing, eating, taking their power from them. One happens to be like an evil gnome. Another one's an insect. It was like a six-eyed bird, a couple dragons, wolves. And the first and last one that he meets was, if you remember from the first episode of What If, was a tentacle creature, which I said in the first episode, there's no way this could be Shumagorath. Tentacle creature that basically has the power of reality manipulation. That's his power scale other than levitation, uh, teleportation, and everything like that. His main deal is that he can manipulate reality. 
when you think of man uh, reality manipulation, that is also the power scale of the Aether, which was the red stone in the Infinity Gauntlet, the red Infinity Stone. So we see this tentacle creature once. We see it the last time. That is actually the final mystical creature in which he, he conjures up. And then you come to realize after he's finally done that the keeper of the library, who was young when he first got there, is tremendously old. So it turns out that Doctor Strange has been there for about, I'd say, I'm going to guesstimate 50 to 60 years trying to figure all this shit out. That is an overwhelming amount of work ethic <laughs> just to bring her ass back. But in the means of doing so, the Ancient One visits the other Doctor Strange. And in the means of doing that, she lets him know because as soon as he steps out of the Sanctum Santorum, he realizes that Earth as he knows it, or maybe just this timeline, because he's he's pretty much like uh, messing with the dark dimension and dealing with dark matter, like that portion of the timeline is like looking like sludge, like ink, and it's just melting away. And yet he does not know about his other half. Um, and I think at that point in time, the, uh, the strange that has pretty much been conjuring up mystical creatures has come to realize that there's one more thing that he must do. And in doing so, he has to basically absorb the power scale of his other half. So it turns into a battle of almost evil twins within parallel universes. That side of Earth is pretty much melting away. And, you know, he pretty much finds Strange and brings him down to his level. So much so that the, the, this version of Doctor Strange that has been doing this for this long as far as like dealing with those mystical creatures. He's an evil version of himself. Tentacles floating throughout his back. He's uh, gone through all these demonic uh, transformations, so, which, which now goes to show you can debunk that theory that um, Disney um, does not want to deal with demonic figures or um, devil imagery as they've claimed that they would not portray if Mephisto was brought out on screen because uh, the country of China does not lead into doing demonic uh, imagery or they won't allow disney to do so if they're going to play their movies over they won't play those movies over there they'll let them play over here but they would have to change it significantly in order for devil imagery witch or witchcraft or anything like that to showcase in china we've already had wandavision you know what i'm saying shit hocus pocus gets played on disney plus all the time so this whole transformation of Doctor Strange and the way that he looks because of, and this is the Doctor Strange that we know, you know, because he, he likes to experiment on himself a lot, even if it's taken in the fact that he has to go through the dark dimension, take a couple evil characters and input them into his body to the point where he just like turns into this cosmic underworld type being. And he's dealing with himself 
And it just it's just this constant battle that's going on. But the thing is, of course, evil Doctor Strange is more powerful than him. He's like he's taken 50 to 60 years of conjuring up so much power. That it was bound to happen so much so that when he finally, finally absorbs his better half of Doctor Strange and then reconstructs that absolute point. Christine is now being welded away from the car. Laid in front of him and he's like, oh, my God, I did it. I did something so amazing. I brought Christine back. It was exactly what the mystical creatures or better yet, anybody from the dark dimension is exactly what they wanted because it's almost like a control of that realm because you if, if you watch that episode, as soon as Christine lands in his arms, all those creatures that he defeated, that he absorbed, suddenly leave his body per se. And then he's just left there in this dark, disheveled form. And Christine is melting away. She can't be saved by this because now she's living in this in the dimension that's been, you know, sucking her dry. And she gets wiped away just like that. A whole nother absolute point. Because ultimately, what Ancient One told him, if you are to save her, Dora Mamu controls the realm. That's more than likely what happened. So now you reap what you sow. Even though you saved Christine, she was a goner anyway in the first place. Should have left her dead. <laughs> and, and all the while, <clears throat> while this is happening, you know, the one, the, the narrator of the series, the observer of the series and the narrator of the series, Watu, the watcher, <laughs> He doesn't show up that often in the series, but there was a point in time where he he wanted to intervene and Strange heard him and kind of like said, hey, who's that? But yet when Christine passed, Strange yelled out for him, looking him dead in his face. And he's having a conversation with the Watcher. But Watu doesn't talk to anybody. Yet. He's having this conversation with him like, yo, aren't you a God? I've read about you. You can fix this. And Uatu basically just chucked the deuces at him, gave him two fingers. Peace. And I'm out. Strange is left there alone. Almost looked like he was in a mirror dimension, but he's pretty much in this like solace type of uh, shattered glass dome floating infinitely in space. The one thing I can say about this episode, because this episode was fucking amazing, is that it is the only episode that I could see that has significant correlation with how Strange is going forth within the MCU. Because reality manipulation, timeline fuck-ups, the arrogance, dealing with demonic imagery, an evil Doctor Strange, like all of this can come into play, if not already, you know, be, if, who's to say because the multiverse is now a thing within the MCU that we don't get like a certain type of 
we don't get this Doctor Strange, that evil Doctor Strange is more than likely already within the MCU. If if the if variants are at play and you get carbon copies and mirror images of yourself, and we've already seen the mirror image of Doctor Strange, who's to say that that's not him? Who's to say that this this storyline that we just watched? Who's in, who's to say that it happened? It didn't. It did or did not happen. And yet, when we watch No Way Home, is that Doctor Strange? This one from Episode Four. And going forth when we get to Multiverse of Madness, to where maybe like the real Doctor Strange is trapped somewhere. Yes, that's fucking madness. Because though it, it sounds crazy. But yet, that's the good thing about it. That's what's going to make this appealing. But thank you guys for joining me today on the Facts Project. I appreciate you joining me. Feel free, uh, please support indie podcasters as much as possible. I'm going to continue doing this because what if it's getting a lot more interesting? And I already know that Captain Carter in a future episode, Captain Carter is going to meet that evil Doctor Strange. So we're not done with these characters as of yet. All right. So um, it's been fun. I appreciate y'all. This is Grandmaster Facts Boys, James Grandmaster Facts Boys from the Facts Project. We are out. Mm-hmm.